Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Safe Ireland and Airbnb, working in partnership to support domestic violence survivors across Ireland. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Now, in a moment, we're going to be having our annual book club Christmas gathering to discuss the books that we think would make great Christmas presents. So stay with us for that. Before that, we want to bring you a couple of stories that might be of interest. As a story from California, as reported in The Guardian, it's that California could become a sanctuary for people seeking reproductive care if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade and dramatically curtails abortion access in the US. The Californian Future of Abortion Council, made up of more than 40 abortion providers and advocacy groups and lawmakers, on Wednesday released a list of 45 recommendations for California to consider if the High Court overturns the 48-year-old decision that forbids states from outlawing abortion. The recommendations, crafted with help from some of the state's most important policymakers, include possibly paying for travel, lodging and procedures for people from other states. With an estimated $31 billion surplus next year, the state has money in its coffers to fund abortion services for patients from other states. Will be a sanctuary, said Gavin Newsom, California's governor, adding that he's aware patients will likely travel to the state from elsewhere to seek abortions. We're looking for ways to support that inevitability and looking at ways to expand our protections. And just to say that abortion access in the US is under threat generally as the Supreme Court weighs a law from Mississippi that bans abortion after 15 weeks gestation and ultimately seeks to overturn Roe versus Wade. More than two dozen states are poised to ban abortion if the Supreme Court gives them the okay next year. So that's the ongoing situation with abortion in America. And obviously there's things going on in other countries such as Poland. And it all reminds us yet again that we can never be complacent about our reproductive rights. And we'll keep bringing you those stories. On a cheerier note, writers everywhere have been singing the praises of Marion Keyes. So I think we can call a friend of this show as her seminal novel, Rachel's Holiday turns 25. Happy birthday, Rachel's Holiday. Of course, it's about Rachel Walsh and her various life and loves and her descent into addiction and her recovery. And it's really one of Marion's best books. It's actually my favourite. It managed to be really serious and really funny at the same time. And that's what we've come to know and love about Marion Keys. And of course, there's going to be a sequel to Rachel's Holiday called Again, Rachel, out early next year. And hopefully we'll have Marion on to talk about that. But in the meantime, there's a whole load of people writing on irishtimes.com today about Rachel's Holiday and about Marion. So we wanted to bring you a taste of that. This is what Anne Enright had to say. 
Rachel Walsh unleashed a force in the Irish female psyche. Her readers saw themselves right there on the page in all their wit and desiring and brilliant, stupid blundering about. But there was also a serious reckoning going on in the writing. How much are you going to put up with? What are you going to change? Keyes' Irish readers were also the voters who slowly pushed back against the idea that women were either pure or ashamed. You can't keep a good woman down. And you know why? Because she's funny. That's why. And funny means free. Funny always rises to fight another day. And Anne Enright's latest book is Actress. Another woman singing Marion's praises was Dawn French. And we love Dawn French here on this podcast. And she said, Rachel Walsh and Marion Keyes go together like sisters, like friends. Of course they do. Marion wrote Rachel, invented her. But it's more than that. So much more. In Rachel, Marion invites us into a very intimate place, a place we suspect is deep inside Marion. Anyone who's come across Marion will know that if you join her there, you're in for belly laughs and gut punches in equal measure. Marion lets us understand Rachel and all her clamorous demons, most especially her powerful shame in this phenomenally transformative book. I love Marion's writing because I remember it. I remember it because it's the truth with big laughs. Marion Keyes is contemporary fiction. Damn her to hell. And finally... A little word from Paul Howard, who uh, happens to be a man, but he's also a good friend of this podcast too. And Paul wrote, Marion Keyes has a feeling for character, an ear for dialogue and a proficiency for plotting that should make her the envy of most Booker listees. Her love and understanding of people and the foibles, follies and frailties that make them human are clear in the spaces between every line she writes with each and every book. She proves that it's possible to be profound while being hilariously funny. And that was Paul Howard. So all these amazing people uh, talking about Marion and we echo everyone. Uh, Marion, as Amy Hooperman says, thank you for being you, Marion. We love you. And so say all of us. But now to today's episode, get a pen and paper or have your notes app handy on your phone because our book club is getting ready to give you some brilliant ideas for book gifts this Christmas. Authors we've had on the podcast this year include Kerini Doherty, Lovey Ajaya Jones, Elizabeth Day, Trish Kearney, Megan Nolan, Laura Bates, Sue Rainsford, Ethel Rowan, Sinead O'Connor, Fiona Scarlett, Holly McNish, Roisin Kybert, Alexandra Hemmonsley. The list goes on and on. We've got Jay Jordan, of course, Anne Ingle, <laughs> who you'll be hearing from, Lara Marlowe and Rosita Boland. And they've all written brilliant books, uh, which we hope you've listened to the episodes and maybe they've given you some inspiration. But I also wanted to mention a couple we didn't mention in this episode, which are Comrades by Rosita Boland, a wonderful book about friendship, and also The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting by Ivana Lynch. And a book by Bella Mackey. Um, I didn't have her on the podcast, but I would love to, and maybe I'll get her another time. But she wrote a brilliant novel for anyone who just loves funny and dark. It's called How to Kill Your Family. And I also really enjoyed Magpie by Elizabeth Day. And for anyone who loves modern poetry, you can't go wrong with the wonderful Holly McNish. So there's a couple of extra recommendations, but lots of gift suggestions from our book clubbers today. Coming soon, Neve Tarry, Anne Ingle and Bernice Harrison. We all got together to talk about books, which we all love. And I began by asking Neve to tell me some books that she thinks would make great presents. Hi, Roshan. Yeah, so... um. I actually found this year to be a very difficult year to read and I didn't read as much as I normally would. And what I did read, I sought for kind of easy, comforting escapism, kind of what we might classically describe as a summer read. 
So the first one I wanted to recommend in that light was uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. And I know this is a couple of years old and Taylor Jenkins Reid actually published a follow up to that called Malibu Rising this summer. But the one I'd like to talk about is Daisy Jones and the Six. So it's um, supposedly loosely based on Fleetwood Mac and um, all the trials and tribulations between uh, the singers and the rela- various relationships in that band. But it's it's such a fun book. It's written almost like a documentary style. So uh, you're getting the the setting uh, as a prelude and then um, it's written like a script where they're interviewing the various stars of the band separately. And it's really good because they interview them separately. So they're all kind of bitching about each other and then you're filling in the gaps as you go along. Um, and I just thought that was so much fun. Um, and it's kind of everything you would want in a music documentary, but what they're up you know, which they're never that brazen enough to say about each other. So it was a really fun read. It takes you from where Daisy started off and and how she comes into this like super stardom. Um, everyone is all girls at the time are dressing like her with the scarves and um, bare feet and that kind of thing. And various themes of alcoholism and drug addiction and um, broken relationships and I just thought it was really well done, really entertaining. You'd read it in a day if you wanted to. Um, I found it really easy to read. It's funny now, Neve, you say that because I've had a couple of friends go raving about that book and I have it here and I haven't read it. So that's uh, interesting that um, it seems to have been one of those word of mouth ones as well that people are just really into. What's the next one on your list? The next one on my list, so I definitely wouldn't describe it as an easy read, but I talked to it really well this year, actually. It's called Are You Somebody by Nulo Fuelan. I think you actually recommended it to me, Roisin, um, at the start of the year. Uh, so hat tip to you for that. I came across it, though, actually, because I saw the um, the exhibition in the Mali Museum uh, this summer, which was excellent and um, really inspiring. You know, as, as a young woman, as a young woman who likes to write, the exhibition in itself was really enlightening and just gave me so much uh, energy, I think. And I went on to read the book and I was just in awe of this woman who, I mean, had been spoken about when I was younger and stuff. You know, my, I definitely remember my mum and her sisters and my granny talking about Nulo Fuelan and how important she was. And but wasn't necessarily, a, you know, I was probably a bit young when um, she was writing for us in the Irish Times. She had a weekly column every Monday. But this book is an incredible piece of uh, memoir writing. Not to sound cliched, but it has all of those things you need to be to write really honestly about your own life, which is brave, brazen, unafraid, you know, and she's had also such an interesting life. There's all these characters come in and out of it that you've heard of before. She's friends with all of these amazing writers. She goes to all these amazing places like Oxford and, you know, she really embeds herself in UCD and Oxford and um, all these various social circles, which are just so so wildly entertaining and all these men and women she meets along the way and also obviously her relationship with Nell McCafferty. Also, just as a follow up to that, um, I was talking to one of the women um, in the newsroom about that book actually recently because Mary Maher wouldn't be, would have been another woman mentioned in Nula's book and also an Irish Times journalist died uh, last week and she's mentioned a lot throughout Are You Somebody and um the woman I was speaking to in the newsroom said, you know, you should try Nell McCafferty's um, autobiography as well, also called Nell. Yeah, so um, I'm thinking I might look for that one for Christmas too, or it might be one to delve into. I just thought that they were, um, you know, these are women we should know more about, that I should know more about, um, and that like I'm 
just feel really proud that they write for the same paper that I write for too, or that I work for. And um, like makes you feel like you're not doing half enough when you read about everything they've done and everything they achieved. So um, I really, really enjoyed that one. And it gave me a real fire in my belly to keep going. So And and Eve, was that something you'd think you'd give to certain people in your life, like say people who are interested in writing or maybe just in social Irish history and that kind of thing? It's a way of getting to know for younger women, I suppose, a part of Ireland that um, is a little bit lost or you don't really hear yeah. about as much. I mean, that that yeah. exhibition in Molly is just so stunningly put together by uh, June, Coldwell, June Coldwell, I think. Is the, yes, it's yeah, June Coldwell. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe sometimes women my age can be guilty of thinking that, you know, you know, with the recent referendum on abortion and stuff that, it, you know, we forget about the women who lay the foundations for us in the 70s. Um, and not that we forget, but maybe don't know enough and don't speak enough about what they did and how brave they were and everything they achieved. And I think for women my age um, who are interested in um, social justice and that kind of thing, that these women's memoirs are actually really, really important. Um, so and I don't mean important in a boring way to read, you know, no. like it's not like a, a box ticking exercise like they were. It was a fantastic read. Um, and yeah. no doubt Nels would be the same. So, um, no, yeah, Nels is great as well. There's loads of stuff in there. And, and especially after coming after the new Loaf Whalon one, then you're into Nels version of events as well. <laughs> and Nell was a bit more restricted in what she could say, because at the time her mum was still alive as well. And I think she was a little bit more reticent about things um, un- unusually, uncharacteristically. And what's your final one, Eve? Those were the two now that I've read this year. Then there was another few that I was just going to recommend that I haven't. Um, well, I have read Acts of Desperation by Megan Nolan. We featured it on the book club this year. I mean, I just think everyone should have a read of that this Christmas if they haven't yet. It's one of the must reads, I think, for me that came out this year. It's kind of touches on all those classic themes of finding yourself in your early 20s as a woman and as a woman in Ireland. And um, again, like written with real piercing kind of prose and um, and a really unafraid style of writing. Just really loved that book. And I think lots of good things to come from Megan, hopefully in the future. Um, and then another couple of books that um, I've heard about and would like to read and would like to give. State of Terror, I heard, um, I interpreted an interview with Hillary Clinton and Louise Penny and uh, it sounded like so much fun. It's a, a fiction book, but a lot of it is, I think, kind of cathartic for Hillary writing about kind of the rise of the right and working in Washington while all that was going on. So I think that would be a good one for as a Christmas present. Um, also, maybe Snowflake by Louise Nealon. Uh, that's one that I've been meaning to read for a while and haven't kind of in the same ilk as Megan and um, lots of other, those other, you know, fantastic young Irish female writers that we've seen over the last couple of years. So um, if you like those kind of books, I think that would be a good accompaniment too. Well, we're going to talk more generally about present giving as well later, but I'm going to go on to Anne Ingle, who I think is the only one of us who has written a book or published a book this year, which we should mention. So we're going to give a big recommendation to Open Hearted as the perfect present for Christmas for all ages, Anne. Oh, um, I don't you. know if you want to continue to plug or whether we should no, leave No, no, that's that. enough, uh, Roshi. Thank you very much for mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> Nominated twice for book awards and brutally didn't win, which was robbed. Um, there you go, a bit of nepotism well, I- there. Roisin, I gave it to my mum to read, who is going to be 90 next week. And she said, well, she was so impressed. And she said, Anne Ingle, no holes barred. <laughs> That's what she said about the book. And she said, 
it was such a page turner. It was such an easy read. And easy read is her highest praise, as indeed <laughs> it is mine, frankly. Uh, well, I love it. Well, I can I can add to that by saying I was interviewing an 88 year old uh, mm-hmm. last week by the name of Joan Collins. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to Joan Collins that my mother, aged 82, had written a book and uh and my mom had had a question for Joan, which was basically, did she have any ailments? So I managed to mention open hearted to Joan Collins. Mother, so <laughs> well done. I don't think you can say fairer than that. It's almost like talking to Oprah about it. I mean, I don't know if she's going to go off and tell anyone, but at least I mentioned it anyway. Fair play. And she knows your book exists in the world. So there you go. <laughs> And she doesn't have any ailments. Sorry, Mum. That's the other thing. In fairness to me, uh, Seamus O'Reilly beat me in the On Post Book Awards, but I bought three copies of his book to give to three of my sons as Christmas presents. And I've just written a little note. This is the man who beat me. So uh, no no hard feelings there. Well, anyway, Mum, tell us about that book, because that was a really big hit this year. I mean, it, may, it brought so much joy to so many people. Um, Tell us, for people who don't know about uh, Seamus Rory, it's called, what's it called again? It's called, uh, did you know my mother had died? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a misery memoir, but it's not. No, it? of course not. He's such a great writer. It is brilliant. It's a brilliant book. I've only, actually, I've only started uh, listening to it, but it's, it's a very good book. And uh, It's all about him growing up in Derry and yeah. his mother dies and the father's left to yeah. rear a, he a was million only children. 11 or, children. Anyway, 11 there's children. loads of them, 10 yeah. children or something. 11, yeah. Okay, well, the books that I recommend in Roshan actually have all been written this year, so I've kind of bit up to date, really. Um, the first... No slight on Neve there. I'm sure there was no shade meant. <laughs> <laughs> Neve, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. So the first one, uh, Oh, William by Elizabeth Strout. Um, of course, you have to remember that I don't read them. I listen to the book, so that makes a slight difference. So it's read by Kimberly Farr. Uh, oh, William, you know, is a lovely story about William and Lucy, who were divorced a long time ago, but have become reacquainted. And the story is short and, and very sweet. The The experiences of both the parties are revealed in a very surprising way. And it's beautifully written. And the narration is perfect. So if you're listening to it on or Audible, it is a wonderful listen, but also a very nice little book. And I definitely give that to people without uh, any hesitation. M- Mum, on Elizabeth oh, Strout, um, <laughs> She like I've seen I haven't I've, I'm a big fan of hers and I haven't read Oh William, but I would love to find that in my Christmas stocking because it's a really another one of those lovely small books. Mm. But people are just bowled over by her writing. Like I've seen people just going, how does she do it? How does she create these perfect sentences? Did you get that feeling from oh, that reading? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just is actually a little work of art, you know, in your hand. And it is a small book, but it's a work of art. You know, it's it's really great. I, I, I'm, I'm so much admire her writing. And of course, she came to writing late in life, didn't she, Roisin? Yeah, she, she did. did. Yeah. So in contrast to that, the other book I'd like to recommend is I and Annie by Luke Cassidy. Oh. I think Luke Cassidy would probably be a colleague of yours inside in there in the Irish Times, in the digital section. Anyway, uh, the reader of that one is called Eleanor McLaughlin, and she does an absolutely wonderful job on Iron Annie. Iron Annie is set in Dundalk, um, in the underworld of Dundalk. It's all about drugs and things. And the, the narrator is a, one girl called Aoife, and she's in love with Iron Annie. So it's a bit of a love story. But um, he writes so well. And, of course, with the benefit of listening to it, any little uh, things that I might not have understood reading it with the Dundalk uh, vernacular comes across very easily for me to to understand. 
But this guy, Luke Cassidy, he understands women so well. And um, in fact, he has gone on to make that book into a cabaret. I've actually missed it now. It was in Greystones, but I, I couldn't go to it at the time. And it might be coming back to Dublin. So he got this girl, Eleanor uh, McLaughlin, who um, narrated the book, to appear in this little cabaret. And he got a band together. So the book is now, you know, a theatrical performance. But I can't recommend it enough because it's so different. It's so fresh and... Do you know, it reminds you a little bit of Milkman uh, in as much as it's up, up north there. It's on the border there and um, really an extraordinary book. And there is a bit of sex in it, Roshan. I have to say that. But in case people are worried, about, I wouldn't be reading a book about with some sex in it. Every single Every time. Single time. <laughs> anyway, so I can't recommend that. And of I... course, <laughs> there's a lot of sex in open hearted as well. She's probably just going to add that sort of so, in there as well. No, look. look. And the, the third one is Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. Have you heard of her? She she wrote Big Little Lies and Nine Perfect Strangers were both made into TV series. But um, this is also very well read by a girl called Caroline Lee. Um, it's a family saga and it's set in Sydney and the family dynamic is electric and the writer is sharp and it flies along. It's 500 pages, but you wouldn't know it because it just flies along. So the family consists of the mum, dad and four adults. And each chapter is told by the different person in the in the story. So I really recommend that. That's a lovely, uh, a lovely long read, but very entertaining. And of course, underneath my desk, as well as uh, Seamus O'Reilly under my desk, is six copies of Claire Keegan's uh, Small Things. Small Things Like These. I mean... I totally agree with you as a, if you don't know what to buy somebody, anybody who just who likes books, get them a copy of that book. I would describe it as a perfect book, actually. Mm, mm. I think it's one of the best things I've read in a long time. The new Safe Ireland Survivor Fund, in partnership with Airbnb, enables Safe Ireland to contribute to sustainable supports for women and frontline services and to provide focused actions for children. You can play a critical role in helping to protect more women and children from abuse. Donate directly to your local domestic violence service or to the national work of Safe Ireland. Go to www.safeireland.ie for more information. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started So, Bernice, what about you? What are your 
picks? Well, I, I, you know, I was just thinking that this time last year when we got together for our Christmas book club, I think we were all we were all kind of despondent about our reading. I certainly was. I remember saying at the time that I had a terrible year reading. I'd hardly read a thing. I found it really hard to concentrate. Do you remember all those early months yeah. of lockdown? It was just so hard to concentrate on anything. This year, totally the opposite. I've read so much and I've really, really enjoyed reading. And I think maybe it's because... Well, maybe it's because, uh, you know, I'm sort of used to the fact that I'm not going out very much and I'm used to the fact that my social life's really curtailed and I've loads more time. And, you know, so maybe and I'm just used to the whole thing and I'm just reading much, much, much more and enjoying it all completely. And, you know, like Anne, that Leanne Moriarty book, that's a great old read. There's been great like she's a trip. She's such a reliable writer. You know, every time you see a book of hers, you just think that's going to be good. And and that one is as well. I, I particularly liked it because it was set in Australia and because and so it felt kind of warm, you know, didn't it? She really <laughs> got the warm weather. It was just gorgeous. And you know, I love that Ian Rankin, he had a new Rebus book this year. So I love that. So I read all sorts. If I was to pick books to give, I too would do uh, a William, because not least because I think the publisher, I'm just looking at it here now. Uh, I had it in my hand a second ago. Oh, yeah. the What the publisher does with the Elizabeth Strout books, it's Penguin. They're beautiful. They're yeah. absolutely beautiful. And they just, they're gorgeous. Anyway, so in fact, it's a really nice present. So there would be that. Deborah Levy had a new book this year. And I suppose I'm picking authors that whenever I hear that they have a new book, I immediately fall on it. So Elizabeth Strout, immediately fall on it. Deborah Levy, Real Estate. It's such an interesting book. She's such a fantastic writer. So that, that is a book that I would be very happy to give to anybody. Deborah Levy, Real Estate. Uh, another book that I am definitely going to give to people, um, and that is Empire of Pain, Patrick Radden Keefe. It's an ext- now. I, if you can see it, I'm holding it up here, and it's the it's size very of big. It's like a, a brick book. It's the size of a brick. It is extraordinary. It's about the Sacklers, who, as you know, invented oxycontin, and it's about the Sackler family. And so, if you like Succession, you're uh. going to love this book. <laughs> if you're interested in po- the politics and the legal system of America, you're going to love this book. If you're just if you're just interested in what happens in poor communities when drugs hit them, you're going to love this book. Um, like it, it, it's the sort of book that you could give to so many people and they would find something in it. It's an extraordinarily researched, heavily, heavily researched uh, book. I mean, the, when I held it up there, in fact, the last, oh, more than 100 pages is references. Wow. So it's... but. But he wears his uh, scholarliness, Patrick Radenke, so lightly. This, it's, it's just, you just don't want to put it down. You want to keep reading to find out what happens next to this monstrous, monstrous family. Finally, if you want to give somebody like a real page turner over Christmas, I think um, Catherine Ann Howard's 56 oh, Days. That's on my list, Bernice. You've ah, stolen me thunder fabulous. there. <laughs> but is that, isn't, it, isn't that such a fabulous book? And I'll tell you why, to me, it was so fabulous because... I, when I was reading it, I mean, it's set just for uh, uh, listeners who, who don't know. It's set at the start of the very in March. Yes, yeah. March twenty twenty. Yeah, Leo is he features in it on the podium giving the speech, and you know what? 
I, I had forgotten so much of that. Yeah. I'd forgotten the days. I'd forgotten the two kilometer rule, the five kilometer. I'd forgotten all that. And God, she's so clever. I mean, it's a murder mystery. It's a crime. Oh, she's so clever, Bernice. And just oh. like I had her on the podcast when she was writing that book. And I was saying to her, what you're writing it now? She says, yeah, I'm going on my little lockdown walks and I'm observing what's going on and I'm coming home and I'm writing this book. And you kind of think, oh God, that's a bit soon, isn't it? But she has written, I mean, I don't see how anyone's going to beat both a great sort of page turning mystery like you say but also reflecting what that time was like in such a brilliant way through these two characters who kind of get locked down together and we won't give too much away but I just think Catherine is an astonishing talent Um, I've read a couple of other of her books as well Nowhere Man I really liked too Oh that was so good And I just she keeps getting recommended by like the likes of the New York Times and other people so it's wonderful to see uh, a writer from Cork getting this international acclaim I mean it's not a Sally Rooney hype or acclaim but by God, is she doing something brilliant and doing something right. And she just seems to write these books really quickly. I think she has another one coming soon, um, which I'm dying to read. So, yeah, she's she's fantastic. So she was on my list. I'll just tell you who else was on my list then. Uh, Bright Burning Things by Lisa Harding. I don't know if anyone's read it, but I really loved it as a book. It's a, about a sort of a very dysfunctional uh, parent of a small boy who's falling apart. And it's got that kind of rehab theme going through it. But I just think she's a great, fresh voice and she's done it very well. I also, I'm only halfway through it because it's a very big book, but Fintan O'Toole's We Don't Know Ourselves, I just think is a magnificent book that I would really think that would be a great present for certain people, I suppose, who again are interested in social history. And the other one I wanted to say was um, Nora by Nula O'Connor, which I think is the one city, one book next year. Uh, and I'm not particularly like a mad James Joyce fan or anything, but it's the story of James Joyce, I suppose, written through the the prism of Nora Barnacle, who was obviously his great muse and great love. And it just made me interested in such a different way in, in Ulysses, in James Joyce, in that whole thing, because you're seeing it as the person who had to kind of put up with him in a way. And these long suffering women who had to put up with these men and and you realize like he's, you know, they're traveling around Europe there. She's, you know, she's sort of ostracized from her family because he's a bit ostracized. And, you know, the kind of shenanigans that he gets up to and just the, the sheer kind of resilience you have to have to live with a genius. Um, I'm putting that in inverted commas. I'm sure he was a genius, but, you know, he was also an alco and he was also someone going around doing whatever he wanted. And she had to kind of keep the show together. Meanwhile, you know, having uh, children and one of whom wasn't very well. And, you know, and then she ends up in Paris. It's fascinating when he finally makes it and they're in Paris and she's able to wear the nice clothes and go to the parties and stuff. It's wonderful to see her finally get a bit of the good life. So I just became very um, attached to Nora and felt very warm towards her. And I think it's an extraordinary achievement that Neil O'Connor has done to sort of you know, it's hard when you're, I suppose, you're fictionalising it. It's a, it's a kind of retelling based on facts. I mean, everything in it is true, but she's having to kind of imagine certain bits of it. But I think, I feel like she's done it very faithfully and that it's a, it's a really big achievement, but also just a really enjoyable read. So that's on my list. And I think, again, it's a good present. So how are you all feeling about presents at the moment? Um, Do you feel differently? Like there's a sense of... Oh, do we need any stuff? And isn't it just good enough if, if we manage to get a, sitting around the table with the people that we want to be with? Should we care um, about buying stuff that people aren't going to really need or want? So I just wondered where you're all at. Have you changed in any way your kind of approach to the giving season at all? Neve, have you any thoughts? Yeah, I think like you said, Roisin, after 
last Christmas, I'll just be happy to sit around the table with people and not have that abject terror um, hovering over the week, um, which is definitely what happened last year. In terms of present giving, yeah, we do um, Secret Santa just between my siblings and parents. So I'll, I'll, I've fulfilled that promise. But uh, outside of that, outside of that, yeah, my boyfriend famously just doesn't like really doesn't like receiving presents and uh, doesn't like giving them, but begrudgingly does. Uh, so <laughs> I've probably, it's probably time to just accept his mantra of not doing it. <laughs> um, and, and tell me about this Grinch now. What's his problem with uh, getting presents? I know. Yeah. Your fiancé, I should say. My, for now my fiancé, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I didn't know that. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, very exciting. Um, it wasn't that bad of a year, I suppose. Um, <laughs> God, don't get too excited. <laughs> no, I absolutely tore the arse out of the celebrations during the summer, Bernice. Um, I'm surprised that the entire country doesn't know about it. Um, oh, not till 2023, actually. It was really hard to get somewhere to get married next year because oh, everyone has really? pushed, well, everyone's has pushed their weddings off. out. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, that that's has, very exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah, it's a really happy time in life uh, in that aspect. So, that, did something it, bad happen to him? Did he get a bad present once, or what was the story? <laughs> he just doesn't like receiving I presents. Like any more so than anything. <laughs> he just doesn't like it. Maybe he doesn't like the fuss. Like he doesn't like the attention of it. He hates you know? the fuss. He thinks it's nonsense, and he's probably right. Yeah. Like it's probably quite a wise way um, to look at. It's not that he doesn't like giving presents, or he's not generous as a person. Um, but no. uh, he really doesn't like receiving presents. Um, like famously upset his mother a lot once because she got him a present <laughs> and he really didn't want a present um so uh, yeah i think that's probably the way forward i haven't um thought about it very much but so he's um, a pioneer christmas pioneer you'll be yeah. that when you get married that will be a new thing in your house there'll be no presents in your house that would be interesting how that's gonna yeah, work out yeah and i don't know if I, that might be a bridge too far um <laughs> Well, we'll see. But we'll see. M- mother, dear, uh, you're only buying local. You're not, you're, you're making the real thing. I know we talk about it all the time, but you've really done it this year and said you're not going to buy I have. anywhere else except Irish producers. I have. Things. So when I'm, I, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go to the shops very much because uh, with my eyes and my knee and the mask and the whole lot. So I'm doing a lot of it online and I put in whatever I want and put Ireland beside it to make sure that it's not coming from anywhere else. And uh, and like this year, I think I've gone for books a lot and for consumables as well, you know, because as you just said, Roisin, everybody's got lots of things they already yeah. want. We don't want to burn them. And I've made a few knitted things as well. To uh, I hope you've knit me something. Look, you, uh, you're so awkward, Roisin. I gave no, you that I long scarf. You probably I like have it in the bin knitted. now, probably. Anyway, I, I I will give you something knitted. Yes, as okay, a little, thank you. little personal touch. Buy at home in here in Ireland and give them something to eat, something to read, a nice bottle of wine. What more could you want? I think that's a great idea, Bernice. What about you? Have you have you, has your gifting philosophy changed or evolved no, over this pandemic? No, um, oh, uh, I don't. I probably buy the same amount of gifts every year. Uh, Probably gifts. Probably I'm starting to spend more on gifts now as the years have gone on. Actually, because I don't buy that many. I don't know. I I, I haven't I haven't started yet. By the way, I haven't done anything. Okay, I like yet. to hear that though. That's good. No, I've I done hate these people who don't like Anne has done everything, haven't you, Mum? No. You've wrapped them all up and everything. I, I'm just not great at online. I, I just something arrived today for me that I bought, and I I bought it from an Irish store specifically online, and I ordered it on the 21st of November, and. 
the date. So we're now what, yeah. we're well into December. So that unnerves me for buying online, which I know, you know, you shouldn't think like that. But anyway, that does unnerve me. So no, I'll be going into town next week and doing it all in the one day, wandering around. And that'll be that. Well, that'll be a nice day. And I'm going to, there's a few places I want to go to. Like I want to go into the gift shop in Mali because I yeah. keep seeing on Twitter that they have really lovely things. And, um, you know, something like a really beautiful notebook for someone who writes or, yeah. or things like that is are great presents. They also have very nice cards with quotes from Irish literature on them as well. And just a, a way to support something a bit different. And also the National Gallery Shop is always good for things, too. And you kind of forget about those places because you're out in Grafton Street or whatever. But um, yeah. and also Designist is somewhere that I always get great presents on Georgia Street and Article as well. So that's and really does Santa nice. come to your house? Santa does come to my house. Yes, Santa great. brings little bibs and bobs and things. Oh, brilliant! Santa yeah. just brings small things, and the big presents come from the mother and father who have oh, paid okay. for them. So that oh. the they get the full gratification of the you know. Oh. Okay. Yes. Well, that's my mother's fault because you know she's English. Yes. So they they do that. They do that in England. Santa's like a kind of you know it's the tangerine, it's the chocolate coins, little bits. Point of all of that. I am not English. I am Irish. If you don't mind, I have a piece of paper. (laughs) To tell that I'm Irish. But, so just you see, I didn't it. think parents... Well, and that's actually quite a subject then because uh, certainly in this house, parents never bought... Uh, we never brought the kids anything no. for Christmas. Santa, no, we, we buy them the really good things that they get. Ah, so you want the glory. Well, yeah. But okay, also... fair enough. But also, like, you know, yeah, Santa's the magical stuff and it's surprises and and interesting things that they want as well. You know, think Santa knows what they want. But in terms of the really big ticket items that okay. that the mother and father have, you know, toiled away all year <laughs> to give, I think that's a much better way. I and mean, anyway, the reason is that's the way it was in our house. Like, okay, so mom would buy us the presents that you really wanted. And then the stuff you got from Santa was all very nice and all, but like it wasn't right. Wasn't the main event. In fact, okay. sometimes there'd be things in it that had bits missing off them. So I don't know what was going on in Santa's okay, workshop. Okay, Roshi, but, uh, don't let's wash our yeah. dirty linen in the public. Sometimes there. there was dolls that, you know, you pulled a string at the back of them and they said their, their voice that came out was a bit garbled, you know? Okay. <laughs> have you nothing to, have you no comment there, Mother? No, your mother is wisely, wisely being quiet, Speechless. which is what we talked about earlier. She's just deciding no. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> okay, well, Happy days. Um, so we'll see you all in the new year then when we'll have hopefully loads more books to read and uh, to talk about. Oh, I forgot to talk about, um, it's one more, that um, cul-de-sac book. Do you know that lovely oh, Louise, yes. Louise Kennedy? Louise Kennedy, The End of the World is a Cul-de-sac. Yes, that is a book of short stories that is a really great gift because you know we can dip in and dip out. So That's I true. really recommend that. I love that book. Fair play to well, Louise. while we're on the subject, Intimacies by Lucy Caldwell as well. I'll throw that in there because that's okay. another book of short stories. Okay. Really, really good. great. And she's another uh, Northern Irish writer. Who's, Very good. Well, who's Merry brilliant. Christmas to everybody. All have the best time you can. Well, happy Christmas to everybody. And I think it's great that we're all still here. That's the main thing. And what else is there to say? Let's <laughs> all get through it. <laughs> Okay. And Neve, happy Christmas to you and to everybody. Thank you very much for joining us and happy reading over Christmas too. I always find it a great time to just sit down with a load of the books that I haven't got to read over the last few months and just get through six or seven. I'll hopefully be doing that. So a happy reading everyone and happy Christmas.
And that's all we have time for. Thanks very much to our book club, Neve Tarry, Anne Ingle and Bernice Harrison. And do let us know uh, what you think and let us know any books that you think would be good presents. Get in touch with us on social at IT Women's Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter and we're on email, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. That's it for me. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.